0: Welcome to another inspirational teaching from the Gate Church. Some of you know our story, mine and Tori's story. Some of you haven't a clue who I am. Um, and so I don't want to dwell too much because it'll be boring. But um, we, we moved back up to Scotland just over a year ago. We, um, we got married 18 months ago and we're having the time of our lives. We're living the dream. Um, we love, love doing life together. We love doing ministry and church together. But we moved back to, back up to Scotland um, just over a year ago, we, we felt like God spoke to us. We felt like God gave us a little nudge and said, you've got to go. And we did, and, and we quit our jobs. We sold our house or gave up our house that we were renting. And we got everything in, in a truck, and we came to Dundee with nothing. And um, you know what? Like We can just testify time after time, time after time, where God's just just provided just put people in our path. He's he's put checks in our bank account. He's just provided and 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 just recently, I guess we stepped into like the next season, and we we stepped we stepped up to to take a hold of our youth ministry here at, at the gate, and and that's called tribe. We believe when we look across the city that we see an army. We see a tribe of young people that we want to see set on fire for God. We don't see an army of dry, We don't see a valley of dry bones. We see an army, and so we—that's um, where we're kind of up to, and um, doing ministry together and, and planning and doing that is is exciting. It's challenging. It's probably our biggest challenge so far in this season of um, in, in being married. It's probably been our biggest season, challenges season. But um, my my wife is awesome. Shout out to Tori. She's she's my in every sense and everywhere, my better half. In fact, she's more than heart. She, she brings everything and she, she's gorgeous and um, she's kinder than me. She's more like Jesus than I am. So if I say anything good this morning or there's anything you like, it's probably, probably something my wife said to me or probably something my wife has revealed in me. So that's kind of where we're up to. And um, I just want to take this moment to, to thank you for ferrying around young people for praying for us on a Friday night. It means so much. That text you send to us, that Facebook message you send, it means the world. It keeps us going every week. And I want to take this moment, they're not here this morning, but James and Steph, they, they've been uh, leading this youth ministry for a few years, and we've not come in to, to clear the ground. We're just building on what they've already put in place. They've done an incredible job, and laying some foundations, and they're still part of our team, and they're awesome, so um, they're away on holiday, but I just wanted to take a moment to thank you, but honour them as well. Um, We have an amazing team. Um, Me and Tori take far too much credit. We have an incredible team of young people who are just sold out for the, the cause, and they come on a Friday night, and they give so much for the young people. So if you know anyone between the ages of 11 and 17, I don't care what they've got on on a Friday night, I don't care what sports team, they need to be down here because there's something in the atmosphere, not just with young people, but in this, not just in this city, not just in this nation, but I think across the planet, there is a wave, there is something bubbling, and we, are we going to be a church, a community is ready, just so ready to, to, to jump on what God wants to do? Because he's going to build his church anyway, and I don't know about you, but I want to be part of that. I want to be playing my part, and, and so Tribe on a Friday night is our youth ministry, and we've, we've been casting some vision We've been explaining why we exist and who we want to be, and that's been awesome. So, I'm rambling now, I'm sorry. This morning, a culture of connection, and I want to call this message, if you're taking notes, you should be. Gets you a better place in heaven, better seat. I've called this message, that's a joke, it's okay. (laughs) I've called this message Beyond the Fourth Wall. We might have some, some sermon. Wait. Beyond the Fourth Wall. Let me explain what I mean by that. Is anyone... Anyone in kind of in the drama or acting kind of industry or the film industry, anyone, you might know what I'm kind of referring to. So when, when people are on stage performing or they're behind a camera filming something that's going to go on your Netflix, Netflix series, there's this, they have their setting which is like the three walls. This is my setting, I'm acting and you're watching. And there was, there was like a rule that you would never, going back hundreds of years that between me and you is this fourth wall this is what we talk about, the fourth wall and, and the rule was that you would never go beyond the fourth wall you would, you'd keep doing it, going about your business, doing your, getting your lines right, acting and, and you would never cross the fourth wall but you see actually years and years, pioneers and revolutionaries Like I don't know if you've watched some Netflix series and there'll be a, there'll be a shift and an actor or someone will go beyond the fourth wall and they'll engage with you and and they'll go from just being on a stage and you looking in and just listening to what they have to say to going beyond the fourth wall and engaging. And I want to preach a message about connecting and going beyond the fourth wall. See, I think the church and I think us as Christians have hidden behind this fourth wall for too long. And we have to be a people that says we're going beyond the fourth wall. We're going to break down the barriers because that's what Jesus did. He broke down cultural barriers. He broke down rules of the time that... he was a revolutionist, he was radical, and he broke the fourth wall. And I've got some thoughts this morning about how we can go beyond the fourth wall as individuals, as Christians, as Christ followers, and and as a church and a community. So I want to take a bit of a story from, from Ephesians, no I don't, from Acts 10. And so we know, like, we know, We know Acts 2, we know the Holy Spirit, it said they were in one place, the Holy Spirit came the day of Pentecost, and it released them and 3,000 were added to their number. There was a connection between the people that were in that room, that they went out and connected with the people, they didn't stay in that room, and we have now what we call the church, the global church, because these 12 people said we're going to go beyond the fourth wall. This is not going to stay in this room. we're not just going to have a holy huddle and let the Holy Spirit come in there and encourage us, we're going to go beyond the fourth wall. We're going to go and connect with Jew and Gentile. We're going to go and preach the gospel like Jesus commissioned us to. And there's this story of Peter in Acts 10, and, and there's this guy called Cornelius, and it says that he was, he was a Roman centurion, so we, we know he had some kind, he had status. We know he was a Gentile, and it says that early on in Acts 10, that, that he had a vision, he had a dream that he had to call for this guy called Peter. And then we pick the story up in verse 19, and, and Peter's, Peter's making some food. It says that he's hungry. I love how the Bible gets the food so much. And, and it says that, that God spoke to Peter in a vision about clean and unclean food. We've not got time to go into it loads this morning. But what, what God was revealing to Peter was so much bigger than just food. That he, he was talking about Jew and Gentile. He was talking about humanity. He was talking about going beyond the fourth wall for everyone and anyone. So he gives him this vision. And then in verse 19, it says this. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the spirit said to him, Simon, Peter, three men are looking for you. So get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent you. Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you are looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, we have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to have you come to this house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into his house to be his guest beyond the fourth wall. The next day, Peter started out with them, and some of the brothers from Joppa went along. The following day, he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered the house beyond the fourth wall, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter said, Stand up, I am just only a man. Verse 27 Talking with them, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. Hey, will you pray with me once more? Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for this space. Lord, we thank you for every life and soul that is in this building. We thank you that you know them by name. You know every hair on the head and that you love them. And as we spend some time in your word this morning, I pray that it's not information, but it's revelation that leads to transformation in our lives. We love you and we thank you for your grace. And your mercy. And Father, we pray that you are with the men in blue in Paris this afternoon as they defeat Team USA in the Ryder Cup. And everybody says, hey, it's going to take a little bit more faith than that. I know pastors in America are praying for Team USA, so... Hey, have you ever been in a situation where you've completely felt disconnected? Completely isolated? Completely left out in the dark? And just completely, like, not sure why you're there? I was... I was recently in South Africa, I say recently, four years ago, and I was <laughs> I was staying with a family. Um I had a friend over there, I went to stay with him. I was I was I was just six weeks out there and, and the first one of the first nights I went to what's called a braai. Now a braai... Would, a barbecue does not do a bride justice. Now, if there's any South Africans in the room or if there's anyone who's been to South Africa, you know what I'm talking about. This this is a feast beyond feasts. And, and they do community amazingly in South Africa. They come together, but at the same time, it's a very disconnected, a very hostile place with a lot of cultural kind of... Um, tensions a lot of racial tensions and here's this white boy english-speaking who's come over for six weeks for a holiday getting 24 rand to the pound sat at this bri with dirk my best mate and about 20 family members and they were a white Afrikaner speaking family and I don't know if you've ever heard Afrikaans, but it's not even remotely, it's not like you can even pick out the odd word, like people speak in Afrikaans, it's fast, and and I sat at this barbecue, day two of the six-week trip, and nobody said a word, like they said hello, they did like the kind of, yeah, hi, welcome, but no one spoke a word, all the jokes were in Afrikaans, or, like, everything. So You know when you're just trying to, like, laugh, like, take cue? You're like, ha, <laughs> ha, yeah. <sighs> and I'm sat there thinking, and I'm good with people, I think. Like, I'm okay in, like, environments. But I'm sat there feeling completely disconnected, completely isolated. These people wanting to establish, hey, like, this is our country. This is who we are. And they wanted to stay behind this fourth wall. They didn't want to engage me where I was at. They didn't want to speak a language that I understood. Now, I I know there's a load of context to that. But the point was, right there in that moment, I was completely isolated, completely disconnected. And again, I think, sadly, sadly, this can be the picture of the church. Not even just to our community, but there's people in this room who feel disconnected, who feel isolated. We speak a language they don't understand called Christianese. We put up this facade of everything's okay and people become disconnected. Our community that becomes a gap between the church in these four walls and what goes on out there. I think we have to be a people and a church that goes beyond the fourth wall. We have to engage people where they're at. We have to love them and that is the key. We have to love. Jesus said, hey, by your love for each other, the people will know. Love is not a feeling. Love is an action and if you've ever read Bob Goff's book, love does. You'll understand what I'm talking about. Love results in action. Jesus modeled that. See, an atmosphere of love edifies people. An atmosphere of love builds. What you love, you build, and what you build, you love. In your world, you'll have things that you love and you don't even realize you love them and you're building them bigger and having, letting them have more of an influence on your life than your relationship with God and your relationship with other people. We have to be a community that goes beyond the fourth wall in love. We have to go in love in grace Yes, we bring some truth, but we have to go in love. We have to go beyond the fourth wall. C.S. Lewis said this. To love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in the casket, in the safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable. It will actually become impenetrable, irredeemable. To love is to be vulnerable. Church, like, tender hearts leave their mark. Tender hearts leave their mark. When we are tender-hearted, it leaves our mark on people. When we love people in our world, it leaves our mark on them. It points to something bigger than ourselves. It, it points to a God who, who loved us first, that we get to love. And, and I love C.S. Lewis's sarcasm in this. He's just like, hey, you want to keep your heart nice and protected? Cool. It's going to become hard. It's going to become callous. It's going to become hostile. And you're going to become isolated. That's why church is so important. It's community. And this isn't a message on evangelism and fellowship or evangelism versus fellowship. This is a message about loving God and loving people, about connecting, going beyond the fourth wall. And I've got a few thoughts that um, I want to share with you this morning, and I hope that clock is just a recommendation and not... Woo! The pastors are not here. It's cool. I'm going to get some of this Scottish water. Number one, write this down. Write this down. We have to be real people with real stories who are present in every moment. We have to be real people with real stories who are present in every moment. Guys, we live in a world that is filtered. We live in an Instagram society. And those of you over the age of... Something, I've no idea what I'm talking about. But there's this app where you can put pictures and you can put loads of filters on. And you can make it look like you've just had the best day of your life. And you can put a cool caption with your favourite emoji. And actually what's going on behind that fourth wall is this fake, it's just this facade that everything's okay. But actually what's going on is hurting, pain, brokenness. We have to be a people like the world doesn't need any more fake. It doesn't need any more Christians who are photoshopped, metaphorically, who have had the airbrush treatment and we put on our best, we put on our Sunday best. There's people, we all do it, we come to ch- church and we don't want to be quite real and we hide behind the fourth wall. The world needs some real people with some real stories. Thank you. See, there's this coffee chain, I don't know if you've heard of it, at Starbucks, and they revolutionized customer service, because they said, actually, we want to go beyond the fourth wall, and we want to engage people, and they started doing this thing where they ask for your name, and they put your name on their cup, that you are no longer just your beverage that you've ordered, that you are a person, that you have a name, and you know what, like, my wife used to work at Starbucks, the number of people who would get, like, really defensive, why do you want my name? But can you not just order my drink? Like, every day there'd be someone say, like, hey, can I have a name for the order, please? Why, why? Like, we live in a world that just wants to hide behind a fourth wall, that doesn't want to connect with each other. We've got this thing where we can do everything virtually. We can do everything through contactless payments we cannot even go to a till anymore we don't have to even interact with human beings we have to be people though we have to be a church that is edified by love that goes in love and is real with real stories real hurts real pain because it points to a god who saved us by grace and who healed us if we stay behind this fourth wall the people just out there just see church club and, and I'm not talking about sharing from your wounds because when we've got wounds, like we, we need to take them to God because God says I'll bound up the broken heart and I'll set the captives free. But you know your scars that you have on your body, they tell a story. And you can either choose to hide a scar or you can choose to tell the story behind that scar because you know a scar says that this is healed and a scar says God did it, God did it, God did it. We need to be a community of people that goes beyond the fourth wall with real stories about how God has transformed and changed our lives. And I'm passionate about people. I'm passionate about church. But I don't want us to be, ever become insular and in this, build, in this room. I want us to impact a city. But we've got to be real people. People connect with scars. People connect with story. Jesus always, always, always taught in stories. Jesus always went two people, and he went into the middle of their circumstance, he went into the middle of their situation, and yes, he healed them, but he set them free, and, and, and he showed people around them what it meant to love beyond the fourth wall. It says in this passage that Peter, Peter didn't hesitate he didn't hesitate, he went straight away and he just, we know Peter was a human being, we know Peter denied Jesus three times. He even says in this passage that it told God three, that God had to speak to Peter three times before he got it. We know Peter was a real person, but he just went, he didn't hesitate. We have to be present in every moment, just looking for opportunities, opportunities to go and love people, just opportunities to hold the door, opportunity to ask somebody's name. We have to be present in the moment. We have to be there, not sleeping, not get caught out by these opportunities that just pass us by. We have to go beyond the fourth wall. Number two, we have to play our part in building something bigger than ourselves. We have to play our part in building something bigger than ourselves. The disciples totally got this. We look at the story of Acts. They totally understood that that wasn't about themselves. They understood that that time they had with Jesus was not about them. That we see the fruit in Acts of the time they'd spent with Jesus, that they went and changed the world. They turned the world upside down, not through their own ability, but through the Holy Spirit working in them. But they got it. They got it. That They had to go beyond the fourth wall. They had to engage people where they're at. And they realized they were building something bigger than themselves. Peter in this story, like, you have to understand, for for Peter as a Jew to, to not only just speak to Gentiles but he says that he invited them into their house. Then it says that he went with them and he traveled which meant he would have had to go outside and then it said that he went into Cornelius's house and he found a large group of people. We have to be a people that says you know what we're going beyond the fourth wall. I don't know what society teaches, I don't care what society teaches about what I should or shouldn't do and who I should speak to, who I should connect with. Playing a bigger part than just yourself. And that's why church in here and community is so important. Because when you bring something, someone else brings something for you. And when we all come together and we connect, it plays a part bigger than ourselves. In Ephesians 4, when when Paul's writing, he says, hey, like Christ is the head of the body. And the body's made up of all the parts. And it's built up in love. We have to have an atmosphere of love in here that builds each other up, that sends each other out. That's what happened in Acts 2. They were together in one place. The Holy Spirit came and they went. They went together. Like if we were to break down the 12 disciples, it said. then we realized there was 120 of them. And then we realized that the 3,000 just meant if just one of them just connected with 25 people, that would equal 3,000. Like you have to realize, church, we have to realize that going beyond the fourth wall means building something bigger than ourselves. You know those mornings when you're like, ah, don't feel like church, this is hurting, this is painful, I don't have kids, but I imagine sometimes there's a fight to get, because I know I was that kid, I don't want to go to church, (laughs) there's a fight sometimes to get in this building on a Sunday morning, but we have to count the cost and we have to pay it, because someone in this room needs that word of encouragement, someone in this room needs that hug, someone in this room just needs that high five, needs that smile, our relationship with God and people is not mutually exclusive, It's intimately connected. Like, look at the Trinity. God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all working together three in one. It's a picture of community. It's a picture of being together. God's rescue plan for this broken, lost world is the church. Not because church saves anyone as as an institution. Not that I or you can save anyone, but the Holy Spirit through me, through you, through us, can change a city and change a nation. And that was a, a part where I hoped you would shout me down a little bit louder, but it's cool. We'll go with it. Thank you. <laughs> I have twenty young people on a Friday night, maybe thirty that, that shout me down louder, but it's cool. I'm not judging. Who who are the people? Who are the people that we need to connect with? Who are the people that is bigger than ourselves? There's that famous verse in the Bible. I don't know if you've heard of it. God's so loved the world that whosoever, whosoever. What what we build in bigger than ourselves, whosoever. Who do we need to go beyond the fourth wall, whosoever? Jesus, Jesus was constantly. He he put it like this: love your neighbour. He was after one commandment, and he broke it down to two. He said, love God with all your heart, and love your neighbour as yourself. Love does. We have to be vulnerable. We have to go and go beyond the fourth wall because we're building something bigger than ourselves. Your eternity, if you're in here and you're saved, your eternity is done. You should go into heaven. I know there's work to do this side of of heaven. But there's somebody who needs you. There's somebody who needs you just just to engage. You know, like hold that door for them. Buy buy that coffee when you're in the drive-thru. Buy the coffee for the car behind you. Like love does. We have to be people, as Jesus said, you'll be known by your love for each other. And who? Whosoever. Whosoever. God's love the world that he gave his one and only son. Whosoever would believe in him. Whosoever. Number three, I'm coming, coming to a close. The band, you can, you can jump, jump back up. Is this helping anyone this morning? It's going to cost you in this life, but Christ has already paid for your eternal life. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you in this life. But Christ has already paid for your eternal life. That C.S. Lewis quote, to be vulnerable, it's going to cost. Sometimes you're going to get hurt. Sometimes people in this very room are going to hurt you. Sometimes pastors, leaders are going to let you down sometimes. We have an awesome leadership here. We have amazing pastors here who do an incredible job, but they're human beings. They're operating in the spirit. They're God-filled and God-fearing people, but sometimes they might let you down. Sometimes I'm going to let my wife down. Sometimes I'm going to leave the toilet seat up. <laughs> Sometimes I'm going to fend- spend far too long on the sofa watching the Ryder Cup. <laughs> and, um, but, but we're human beings, but we have to be vulnerable. We have to stay tender-hearted. It's going to cost us. But God said, Jesus said on the cross, it's finished. I've paid it all. Now Now you go. Go into all the world. Go into all the world. Connect with each other. We have to be real people in this room. We have to be vulnerable. We have to love each other. In 2 Corinthians 8 too, it says, it says this. From the depths, paraphrase a little bit, you can check it out later. From the depths of your poverty, give. From the depths of your poverty, give. See that you excel in giving of grace. Woo! Give from those places where you're feeling super encouraged and feeling really good about yourself. Go and give. No. Go and give out those places of poverty. You know, when you come with a need, I know, like, again, just through our story of, like, loss and pain, you know the number of times God and the Holy Spirit nudges you to go and encourage someone for the word that you need? And you're like, excuse me? But when we give from those places of poverty, of barrenness, the Bible says that in our weakness he is strong. And when we give out, and when we all come into this room looking out for somebody else, we've all got each other's back. But when you come into this room and you're like, I'm just going to keep myself behind this fourth wall, someone's missing out on an encouragement or a word that maybe you've got through. I'm not talking about prophecy here. I'm just talking about saying, hey, how are you doing? How's your grandma? I know she's been struggling. How was school this week? How was that exam you had? We need to know more about each other each other's lives, each other's stories so we can encourage, that we can connect with people beyond the fourth wall. And I know it hurts and I know it's painful to sometimes come in here and it's so much easier to hide, to let people kind of see what's going on, to hear what we have to say but not connect beyond the fourth wall. It cost Jesus everything. It cost him his life to go beyond the fourth wall for you and for me. And I don't know if you, you've, you've taken that step to, to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. But you know, if you were the only person on this planet, God would still have sent his son beyond the fourth wall to come and get you. You know what separates us from other religions and other belief systems is that no one else in other religions believe no one else is coming for you. No one else came for you. No one else is coming back. You know what we believe? We believe that God and sent his son for us and we believe he's coming back for us. And that's what separates us is because God's coming for us. He's going beyond the fourth wall. He's going to connect with his people. His hope for humanity, is community. In Genesis 1, he said, it's not good for man to be alone. And then when Jesus came to the planet, he said, I want 12 people in my circle. But we're not just going to stay as 12. We're going to go into the world and we're going to turn the world upside down. Because we have a message and we have a gospel and we have a grace that we have to give. It's going to cost us, church. It's going to hurt sometimes, church. But you know what? Our price, our penalty has already been paid. And so we've got to give from those places of barrenness. We've got to give from those places where it hurts. And we've got to be authentic people. Peter's retelling this story, the next chapter, Acts, Acts 11, 17. And he's talking to the Jews and they're giving him some jip because they're saying, hey, what are you doing with these Gentiles? What you're doing connecting beyond the fourth wall, that's not, that's not good, that's not cool. And he explains what he's doing. He's saying, no, I'm going for Jew and Gentile because Jesus said that I've come for whosoever. And he says this in Acts eleven seventeen So if God gave them the same gift that he has given to us who believed, who am I to oppose God? Who am I to stand in God's way? The message of the gospel is for all. And we have to come with that heart to bring, to pay, to count the cost and pay it. We have to pay it because the same gift is for you, it's for, for, for me, and it's for everyone in this city. And we can't save anyone, church. It's not your job to save anyone. It's your job to, to tell them about the good news of the gospel. And however you understand it, in your own words, we don't all need to be theologians or preachers or whatever it is. You just need to hold that door for someone. You just need to love them for where they're at. And when we love them for where they're at, a little bit of grace makes way for a whole lot of truth. A little bit of grace makes way to say, actually, we believe in living this way, but we've got to go grace first. We've got to go love first, because that's what Jesus did. Jesus always took up the position of a savior before he took up the role as a teacher. He went and grabbed Peter when he was drowning. And then he said, hey, buddy, let's have a little conversation. But he didn't leave him drowning and said, let's have a conversation. No, he went and saved him first. He went and knelt down with the woman caught in adultery. And he said, hey, get up! now go sin no more. Jesus always paid the cost. And he always went as a savior first. We've got to go in grace. We've got to go in love. Because love builds. Love builds something bigger than ourselves. I'm nearly done, I promise. I've gone five minutes over, which I'm counting as good for me. I heard, um, I heard a story, as, as I said at the start, me and Tori, lead our young people on a friday night and we we play some crazy games we we worship together and we open the word of god and and then we break it down and we have conversations and we talk and and we love what we do on a friday night but we we've been blown away by what god's doing and and we got, we get messages off young people we get messages off parents and it and it please keep sending them you, you have no idea when we get in on Friday night and we are on our backside and we get that message, you know, it makes it all worthwhile. And we go again on Fridays and the team go again and we always share your encouragements with the team, so thank you. But we had this message of this story and I don't know all the details, so let me just grab a bit of this Highland Spring. Maybe I'm going to double dip. We got this message this week from a parent and they, they said that um, they were out and about. I, I don't know all the details, but we'll go with it. They were out and about and they were in a car park and there was this lady and she was, she was in some distress and in some, some need. And, and they just said that, um, that their kid in that moment was like, we've got to do something, we've got to do something, we've got to go beyond the fourth wall. And that's what I love about young people is they're fearless. They just, they count the cost and they just go. And and so this young person was like, let's just pay for the parking. Let's just go and pay for the parking. Just a simple act of kindness, whatever, £2.85, £2.50. I don't know what it costs. Maybe it was one of those really expensive ones. Maybe it was a tenner. But this young person was like, we've got to do something. We've got to go beyond the fourth wall. Let's pay for that parking. And there's two things I love about this. is one that this young person stepped out and was fearless and bold and was present in the moment. This young person realized it was bigger than something just in themselves. This young person was being a real person with a real story. But what I love about this was they weren't even paying for the parking. Like you laugh, but what a picture. This person had this understanding that the parents were picking up the tab anyway you know what like he's going to cost us but we're not picking up the tab church we have a father in heaven who's going to make a way who's going to pay he's already paid for it and we have to be like this young person that just says i'm going to pay it i'm going to count the cost sometimes it's going to be your money sometimes it's going to be some time sometimes it's going to be some awkward conversations but we have to count the cost we have to go beyond the fourth wall because we know that our father in heaven's paying for it anyway so with every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to pray, I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray for two, two groups of people. And the first, excuse me, first group of people, if you've not for the first time just responded to the message of the gospel and for that first time. Just that understanding that God went beyond the fourth wall for you. That he sent his son for you. That you fall short. That you sin and you mess up. But God, Jesus has paid for it. If you've never responded to that message, I want to give you an opportunity in a minute. Just to shoot your hand in the air and I'd love to pray with you. And the second group of people is, is, is us as, as the church. As Christ followers. Just to get that revelation this week that we're not here to be a hotel for the saved. We're here to be an emergency room for the sick. And maybe you just need a little bit of a kick up the backside or maybe you need a little gentle encouragement. But I wanna pray for you. So if you're any of those two people, just after three, you can shoot your hand in the air. Number one, the Bible says God loved you. Number two, the Bible says the time is now. Number three, put your hand in the air if that's you. more seconds believe there's people in this room and you know that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and saying hey I came beyond the fourth wall for you I've got a plan for your life it's greater than what you can do it's bigger than what you can build amazing father we thank you for this time together thank you that we get to come together as a community because you so love the world that you came down for us And I thank you for every heart and soul in this place. The Bible says that if we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that we will be saved. And for everyone who's responding in this room tonight, this morning even. Everyone who's responded to say, Jesus, I want to make you saviour of my life. I want to make you king of kings in my life. Just Holy Spirit, come and fill them right now. Come and fill them right now. Come and heal wounds. Come and encourage them. Come and bring a peace in their chaos right now. And for every one of your children that's just said, hey, I need to get out of my comfort zone. I need to go beyond the fourth wall this week. I pray that you would provide opportunity after opportunity after opportunity this week to go beyond the fourth wall to love our neighbour as ourselves, Not in our own strength, but in yours. Not out of our places of abundance, but our places of poverty, because in our weakness, you are strong. Thank you that you have made a way and you continue to make a way. We love you and we thank you. And everybody said, church, let's jump to our feet. Let's give a round of applause for those who've responded, whether it's for the first time or the millionth time. Let's worship together before Ross comes and closes this off. Remember this week, go beyond the fourth wall. Beyond the fourth wall. Thank you, team. This is the end of your teaching for this week. We hope you enjoyed it.